raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to Rob Kendall. The Republican Party in Indiana sees zero problem in record spending, in record taxation. And Casey Daniels. You went out there and said, please vote for me. You've debated other people on why you're the better person for the position. Suck it up. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 21st. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. We're going to start off the show today talking about that omnibus bill. 4,155 pages long, $1.7 trillion. Senior lawmakers in both parties unveiled it. It's a move that leaves Congress with little time to review the massive bill before they're forced to cast a vote on it. They either approve it or we risk a government shutdown. And you would not believe all of the things that are in this omnibus bill. Omnibus just pretty much means at the end of the year, we throw everything in it and see what kind of stew we have. Well, and they have voted to move forward Mm -hmm. with it, which means you can't stop it now. The vote to vote on it in the Senate, if you're not familiar, I'm simplifying a complex process, but basically the way the U.S. Senate works is there is a vote to essentially vote Mm -hmm. on the bill. And to get the vote to vote on the bill to pass, you have to get 60 votes to agree to vote on the bill. So the actual vote in the U.S. Senate, the overwhelming majority of the time, because one party has the power and they usually vote in block, is the vote to vote on the bill. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, a whole bunch of Republicans Mm -hmm. teamed up with the Democrats, including... Yep. Duke of Spendingburg. Todd Young Mm -hmm. to vote for this bill. So... We got some phenomenal audio from Rand Paul coming up here in just a moment. But I want want to make a point. This is why I told you people. And if you voted for this guy, it's on you. If you voted for Todd Young, you should be ashamed of yourself. Every single person who voted for this guy and excused it by, because remember, well, you got to vote for him and then we'll, we'll hold him accountable. Well, you got to vote for him. If he doesn't do what we say, we'll primary him. You're not going to primary him. Even if you did, it's going to be in six years, and no one is holding this guy accountable. Todd Young laughs at you. If you're conservative, he loathes you. He's never going to be held accountable because he doesn't fear you. And you had an opportunity. And even if you didn't like the libertarian guy running, you didn't have to vote for him. If you voted for Todd Young, this is on you because we've told you Every single day, this is who this guy is. He spends money like it's going out of style. And to his credit, Casey, Mm -hmm. he told me in a room full of people. He was going to do it. He was honest about it. He's never stopping. He sees no problem in it. He doesn't fear you. He doesn't care about you. And he was proven correct because he gets to be a U.S. senator for six more years. And six years from now, we'll have the same conversation and a bunch of you people will roll over and play dead because you're afraid of a Democrat and you won't primary him because it's almost impossible to get on the ballot unless you're Todd Young. So this is what you get. Mm -hmm. You should be ashamed of yourself if you voted for Todd Young because this is your fault. That vote was 70 to 25. And uh, yeah, there were a lot of Republicans who voted on it. And Rand Paul. Real real quick, though, real quick. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to point out 
This is why when we say there is no reason to vote for these people, and I'm not just talking about Todd Young, I'm talking about the Republican Party as a collective. This is what we're talking about. If the Republicans were serious about spending, if the Republicans were serious about inflation, they have every, all they had to do was run the four corners defense on this until the first of the year. Then you have the House. Then you control the money. Then you can choke off all the spending if you were really serious about it. And McConnell and Todd Young and the rest of these people just hand the Democrats a victory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More government spending. More unaccountable spending. More unaccountable government. More, 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 more. Sorry. So... Todd Young may be for it. Rand Paul from Kentucky, not so much. Okay, so this guy, yeah. he wheeled in the 4,155-page <laughs> bill. He said, I wonder how long it will take the clerk to read this. And then he goes on, and he just 12 minutes nonstop. And I would love to play all 12 minutes for you. It sounds exactly like Rob Kendall, but we're going to get to the to the meat of it. It could okay? have been me, right? I mean, I was watching him and I thought... I Look, I... The I am, spirit of Rob Kendall is within Rand Paul. Here's the thing, Casey. I am certain that my father is my father. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, absolutely certain. However, <laughs> when I hear this, I think this could be my father. Okay, so there's a, a lot we could tell you that's in this package, but we're going to let Rand Paul give us a 10,000 look view. GOP leadership declares that this bill is a victory, but not unless you define victory as adding over a trillion dollars in new deficit spending. So really there is a debate, a big debate within the Republican Party. Which is more important? Is it more important to add $45 billion to military spending, or is it more important not to add a trillion dollars in deficit to our overall debt? We now have a $31 trillion debt. We're adding over a trillion dollars a year, and yet Republican leadership says this is a victory because we're getting more military spending. But it's a victory at what expense? Are we actually more secure? Are we more safe? Is our national security more protected by spending more on the military? Or is our national security actually more threatened by incurring more debt? I would argue the latter. $31 trillion in debt is the number one threat to our national security. It's the week before Christmas, and predictably, Congress is, predict is considering yet another $1.7 trillion spending bill. We haven't had a chance to see or even read. Last night at 1.30 in the morning, the text of this 4,155-page spending spree was released. If you thought Congress couldn't possibly spend more money than it did last year, you would be wrong. The omnibus increases spending by 10% compared to last year's budget. You would think that nearly two years of 40-year high inflation would create some hesitation. You would think that a looming recession, spurred largely by exorbitant government spending, would give this Congress pause. But instead of taking a minute to consider what a responsible federal government budget looks like, we are instead placed behind the barrel of a gun, forcing us to choose between letting government expire or blindly passing a $1.7 trillion spending package that not only does not balance, but in fact spends over 10% more 
than last year. Okay. Oh, so good. Yeah, I thought you'd like ha- that. Serious question. Yeah. How is that guy mm-hmm. and Todd Young in the same party? Yeah. Ha- pick one. Like, if you're a Republican, pick one. Because those two dudes are not living on the same planet. And whatever direction you want to go, if it's Rand Paul, great. I guess I'll stay in the Republican Party. But if it's not, I'm out. Because... The- the, it's and I love the people that you should grill Micah about this. So run you don't every time Micah's on the show do we not say when is the accountability, accountability club meeting? meeting? Look, I love Micah. Micah's dead wrong in this. I told you during the election he was dead wrong. I'll say it again. He's totally wrong about this. Anybody who justified voting for Todd Young is absolutely one hundred percent wrong and absolutely one hundred percent to blame for what's happening here we're not gonna hide from that we never hide from that we uh, it's like the bloodlust in our youtube chat they're, they're not concerned about the thing the thing is the egregious senator todd young who is who has well i'm gonna have to do math we may be to 12 trillion mm-hmm. todd young may have now with this vote voted to add 12 trillion dollars to the <laughs> national debt i'm gonna have to do math over christmas break mm-hmm. i can almost promise you by the time we get back in january it will be 12 trillion that's the problem. The Indiana Republican Party, who protects and defends this guy at all costs, when they kicked Danny Niederberger off the ballot to run against Todd Young, it was a concerted effort, and the establishment thought it was funny. High-profile members of the Republican Party, elected statewide office holders, were openly laughing in public forums about kicking that guy off the ballot to defend Todd Young. The problem is Todd Young. The problem is bigger than Todd Young. The problem is the Republicans. And you're not the only one who goes on to shame the GOP. Rand Paul has a few words, too. Most of the senators, even if they share my sentiments, they know that this point of order will be waived. They think they can quietly vote this way and no one will notice. Well, when American voters finally notice that people here are saying one thing at home and doing another, are promising balancing budgets and promising that deficits do matter, and then come up here and vote the opposite way, one day the American electorate will wake up and vote these hypocrites out. But they won't. But they won't because the public education system has there's two reasons it won't happen. The public education system has dumbed these people down because they they are incapable of the critical thought as a collective society of knowing who is to blame for this. And they don't have the critical thinking skills to hold them accountable. Number one. And number two. What happened in Indiana? Mm -hmm. Everybody knew who this guy was. Everybody knew what he was. Everybody knew what he was going to do again. And because, well, I'm afraid of a Democrat. I'm going to roll over and play dead and vote for this guy. It's not stopping. It doesn't matter how bad it gets in this country anymore. We are so tribalized. We are the, we are so gerrymandered. And we are so collectively as a society incapable of critical thought and thinking outside of our boxes. It's not stopping. We're done. We're, we're done here, Casey. There is nobody in this country right now who is going to stop this. The decision now is do you want to slow walk or do you want to sprint towards calamity. That's the conversation now. So what does $1.7 billion get you? Well, it's a lot, and hopefully we'll have a chance to review some of the more ridiculous things. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming. This is where you talk. 
I was waiting for him to get to the hook. Oh, 21 minutes after 9. Oh, it's like, when you're sleeping. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Yeah, only Rob can uh, make us play a song for an extended period of time. Well, you got you to <laughs> clue your partners in on, like, are you, like, just jamming out to this or, you know? Yes, yes, and oh. yes. Hey, let's talk about what happened on the Dr. Phil show. He's doing a, uh, this is part one of a two-part episode, Was the Pandemic Mismanaged? What You Desperately Need to Know. And Think about that. It, think about that. Dr. Phil mm-hmm. is doing more for journalism mm-hmm. and exposing what actually happened, the abuse of the government during COVID than NBC, CNN, CBS, mm-hmm. Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy. Uh, in this special, he's exploring various aspects about the way the pandemic was handled, including the impact of school closures. And he had this guy, Corey DeAngelis, on the show, and he's from the American Federation for Children. And he's blasting the teacher union. Yeah, so he goes through in this audio here what the teachers union did. And this is another example, and because we see this in Indiana all the time. And we're going to have Jim Merritt coming up next mm-hmm. segment, who's got an op-ed out in uh, the Indiana Capital Chronicle about the need to make part, school board races partisan once again. And he lays out a couple of different options, but that's kind of the, the go-to default, mo- most plausible option he has on how to fix school boards in Indiana. Um, how the government, and it is true on a federal level, what you're about to hear, and it is certainly true on a state level, that our government has the backbone of a jellyfish when it comes to dealing with teachers and public education. And this blows my mind in this state because these teachers union people wouldn't vote for a Republican if their life depended on it. And yet, for some reason, if you wear a red shirt and you yell in mass, that has some hypnotic effect on legislators even though you would never support them. Mm -hmm. And what happened on a federal level and the teachers' unions strong-arming and hijacking the federal government, who, let's face it, Todd Young and Schumer and McConnell, as they're proving once again, were all too willing to just throw money at something. It wasn't like they needed an excuse, but they gave them an excuse to say, well, unless we get all this money, we're not going back to work. And this this guy, Corey DeAngelis, makes a great point, which is a whole bunch of the money hasn't even been spent. There are six rigorous studies on the topic. I did the first one with a co-author named Christos Macrides. And we all, each of these studies found that places that had stronger teachers unions, all else equal, were substantially and statistically less likely to reopen their schools in person. And the reason for this is pretty obvious to me. I don't think that, I don't blame the people in the system. I blame the incentives that are baked into the system itself. Think about it. The private schools are fighting to reopen from the get-go, but you had the public school teachers unions fighting to remain closed. And the main difference there is one of incentives, that one of those sectors receives children's education dollars regardless of whether they even open their doors for business. But it was actually even worse than that with the COVID school closures because the teachers unions started to understand that they could actually hold children's education hostage, essentially in perpetuity, to secure multiple multi-billion dollar ransom payments from the federal government. And it actually worked out for them. This is about $190 billion in so-called COVID relief that have been allocated to K-12 education since March of 2020. That's about three to $4,000 per student on top of what the government-run schools were already spending of about $16,000 per student per year. 
Uh, most of that money hasn't even been spent yet. According to the Wall Street Journal, 93% of that funding to this day hasn't even been spent. So the public school teachers unions, I don't blame the people in the system, but they did have an incentive to keep their doors closed to secure these ransom payments. Sure, if you're a shameless person who feels no obligation to serve the people you are hired to serve, and let's face it, what the teachers union did even here in Indiana, remember... I think this was before yeah this was mock was still here that they were trying to cut the elderly in line for the vaccine mm-hmm. like I, I think you were still in michigan at the time were they doing that there or they were the teachers unions in indiana made a a strong case like they were trying to strong arm their way to cut old people in line mm-hmm. for the vaccine yeah that was so disgusting to me but it was really an insight into how the minds of these people work and i understand that there are many teachers who do not agree with the teachers union, who the teachers union doesn't represent them. The problem is they are your voice. And for the most part, out of fear, whether it's losing a job or being ostracized in the teacher lounge or whatever, Mm -hmm. these people stay silent. Well, just like with the people who voted for Todd Young, then you're part of the problem. We got to make a choice in this country, Casey. Are we going to start speaking up and standing up or are we just going to roll over and play dead? Because when you don't speak up and stand up, even if you aren't for the thing, by not speaking up and not standing up, you are a part of the problem because you're not helping to fix the problem. And these teachers unions believe they speak for everyone. And these moron legislators down the street from us, because they have an IQ of a potted plant, also think they speak for you. They just roll over and they have money left over that they were given and yet they're still asking for more. But what was the punishment, Casey? Because look at the school board elections. Other than in some place like Fishers, because they had a very, very, very well organized and funded and four super quality candidates. What happened? At best, it was a draw. In many places, the lunatics kept getting elected. And speaking of that, Mm -hmm. our our buddy Jim Merritt, former Mm -hmm. 30 years in the Indiana State Senate, he was one of the guys who voted to make the school board races nonpartisan. He now says that was a horrific mistake. mistake. If he had to do it over again, he totally would. And he's going to be with us next to talk about why the Indiana General Assembly, mainly the uh, pro tem of the Senate, Rod Bray, Mm -hmm. needs to wake the you-know-what up and make these school board races partisan. Yep, we're also going to lay out some different options that he discusses, debating partisan school board elections. That is coming up next from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. See, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. You know, Casey, we have said I th- that we think one of the most important things the Indiana General Assembly has to get 
a handle on mm-hmm. this upcoming year is the school board races, school yeah. board elections, school yeah. boards as a collective. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest issues to that is that we have a bunch of radical leftists who get elected in otherwise majority Republican counties because they don't have to put a party affiliation next to their name. Right. And our next guest, I think, agrees with me. One of our all-time favorite guests here on the Kendall and Casey Show. You know him from 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Jim Merritt, how are you? Good morning, Robert. How are you? I'm great. You have a new, uh, what do they call that? Op- op-ed. Op-ed? op-ed? Is that op-ed. what it's like? I never get asked to write any op-eds. How do you get, what does somebody slide a piece of paper under your door late at night requesting you write these op-eds? Is it via electronic request? How does that go? What, well, how do you get well, asked to write an op-ed? Well, we all know Nikki Kelly at the Indiana Capital yeah. Chronicle. And uh, she she's asked me a, a, a number of times to well, write some thoughts down on the paper and and uh, it was good for me, and I think good for them that I that I submitted this op-ed about the chaos at the school board level when it comes to campaign elections. And uh, I'm putting this in air quotes, uh, nonpartisan. Yeah. In Casey, that's just not the case. <laughs> I like your options that you spelled out in the op-ed. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, we all know in Hamilton, in uh, your beloved. Hendricks County. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of lunatics out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boone County in 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 select in, in select counties around central Indiana really there was uh, a lots of vigor, lots of intensity, meanness uh Casey mm-hmm. and and it just doesn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is all goes back to uh, a bill in 2011 and where it took place in 2012 where um, we moved the election of school board members from May primary until November, and I voted for that uh, principally because why? I, Why did you do that? <laughs> well, I regret it now, Robert. <laughs> I, I, Just I, like your friendship with me. <laughs> <laughs> we moved it from May to November because not enough people vote in the May primary. And so we were trying to be as uh, public servant uh, with our public servants service as possible to allow as many people to vote. But it's turned into IPACE, which is the Indiana State Te- Teachers uh, PAC, uh, that is placing money, contributing money into these campaigns. And uh, with all the angry parents that are in these counties, uh, around central Indiana, they formed their own PACs, of which I advise Parents Matter PAC out in Brownsburg uh, to um, fight because during the pandemic, they saw what was happening and they disagreed what was happening at the school board, uh, school board level, which is the toughest job in politics oh, uh, now. Uh, Jim Merritt's our guest, former Indiana State Senator, has a great new editorial out in the Indiana Capitol Chronicle about the need to make these school board races partisan again. And I think, you know, I love one of the reasons I I love you, Jim, is you're not afraid to say, hey, I did this and it was wrong. And what you're saying now is we made a big mistake in this state, the General Assembly did, in making these races nonpartisan because they used to be. Yeah, and, and they're not. Nonpartisan is just, uh, just a word with a dash in, in, two words with a dash in between it. They are not. They are partisan. The uh, IPACE is contributing massive amount of funds to these to these different campaigns and it's, Robert and Casey it's, it's just not central Indiana there are probably 20 different campaigns that they were that they were contributing money to and thus the parents felt like they had to fight back 
Do you want to talk about the options that you laid out in this yeah. article? Yeah, the options are really, really clear. One, uh, our friends up in Muncie, mm-hmm. uh, I, Muncie Community Schools was underwater for $12, $12 million from Red Ink. Uh, the legislature back in 2017, I think, uh, gave the uh, the opportunity to Ball State, Ball State Schools to guide uh, Muncie Community Schools. And, and I think it was a wonderful decision and Ball State uh, whose uh, their faculty has a lot of kids in Mun- Muncie Community Schools they they actually appointed a, a, a um, almost a volunteer uh, school board member commi- school board board if you will uh, it, it is actually an appointed school board and they appointed a, a great superintendent they are now doing so well because they all are working as a team another idea is to have a school board members of three three individuals one a a, a representative from the teacher mm-hmm. um, community if you will a retired teacher or to and to have a have a property owner and a parent and and they would have to work together the, the third option is go back to the uh, go back to the partisan ways there you go n- nominate in the may <laughs> and 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 so they would campaign throughout the year and um, well, let, let me let me ask you about that. Mm-hmm. So your buddy uh, Bray, you you and Bray are friends, right? Rod Bray, yeah, he's Senator Bray, the President Pro Tem of the Senate. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, who almost got ousted by his own troops. He was like Douglas C. Uh, Nieder, Niedermeyer in Animal House. He, he uh, had difficulty, in uh, that. Mm-hmm. And, and he has Hurt said November. because apparently there is a bill in the House, and they think that there is a decent chance that bill in the House for the partisan school board elections may move forward and even pass the House. He just basically was real flippant and said, "No, nah, we're not doing that." Why would Rod Rod Bray, who's in Martinsville, be worried about partisan school board races. Why would he possibly be against that? Well, that's the nature of the of the article. I'm trying to talk to Speaker Houston and Senator Bray in the public about how important this is because it, it, it's it's all about money. We all know it's money, and if you're not going to go back to the partisan way, mm-hmm. take all the money out. Now, Take IPACE out. Take all the parent parents um, uh, political action committees out. And, and and Robert and Casey, one thing that most people don't know is if somebody resigns, moves out of state uh, from the school board yeah. level, the school board and this happened in Carmel, uh, just caucuses. Yeah, and then they invite whoever they want. They pick their they own pick replacement. Their own. Mm-hmm. They pick their own pick the own replacement, and 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 that's just dead wrong. You got to figure out how that is. And and so if if we want it if we want reform we put it back into a partisan call a partisan because that's what it is now, uh, or you take all the money out and people just have to go door to door and there's no mail mm-hmm. and there's no superintendent helping the campaigns. You 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 knock on doors in the old political sense, and you you address groups, and no money is spent. Okay, so option one: all members of the school board are appointed. Right. Option two: there's a representative from each group, mm-hmm. the teacher, the school, parents. Mm-hmm. Option three: make the races partisan and make these people who are running put the R, the D, the L, mm-hmm. whatever party mm-hmm. they're running with. Mm-hmm by their name. Right. And if there's a replacement necessary, mm-hmm. then uh, the Republican, if, if, if a Republican has resigned, then the Republican Party uh, caucus, uh, caucuses in the town, in the cor- school corporation itself and, and names it. And you at least have a representative uh, from the party that, you, that you're that you replacing. And also people get to speak. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, 
Uh, the school board members just... I have two very important questions for Jim before we let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Merritt is our guest from Indiana State Senator. Why are the Republicans so afraid of the teachers' union? Why are they so afraid of angry red-shirted teachers? Well, you, you saw at the state house all those folks in red that took the day off. Yeah, it, it, it's a powerful lobby. But they don't it, vote for them anyway. Well, Why are they afraid of them? You know, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I, I mean, when I was in elected office, I took great joy on people who I knew hated my guts having to take time out of their day to come scream and yell at me and tell me they hated their guts. Mm-hmm. These people that you used to work with crawl under the table and say they're sorry for having ideas when these lunatics come yell at them and they're not voting for them anyway. Well, we need to give a, a voice to the, the parents. In this last uh, election, it was very, very clear to me that um, parents uh, and we saw the Commonwealth of Virginia speak, the parents speak there. Uh, you're going to see, unless we have changes, you're going to see more and more parents going to school board meetings. You're going to have more and more parents running for these offices. And and there will be reform at some point, but why not now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, you told me something, and I thought I knew everything about you, but I learned something this morning. Tell me this is indeed true. Tell our audience this is true. You were the driver for Dan Quayle's wife. I was. I was. I, I, uh, Marilyn Quayle and I became uh, very well acquainted on the campaign uh, trail back in uh, 1980. 1979, 1980, and I enjoyed it. And but he was running for Senate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was running for the U.S. Senate. What, well, like when he got elected or selected and then elected vice president, do you send a kindly worded Christmas card in his direction that says, hey, how about a job? Like, what did you do? I mean, how, how did you not turn that into being some sort of high-level Washington something? <laughs> because I love it here. Ah, very because good. Because you a, and Rob, what you a, and Casey. What a great answer. <laughs> what are you doing now? Where can people find you? Uh, Jim Merritt's Indiana. I'm on all the social media um, platforms, as everybody uh, knows. I've got a consulting company. But in the next uh, two or three months, I'll be talking about issues that are concern me and concern the uh, citizens state of Indiana, and there's a lot of information. Uh, you running there. for governor? I mean, we got three zeros right now running. You running for governor? I'm looking at very. If I can, if I can get some uh, family uh, responsibilities organized, and uh, and and uh, I'm looking uh, into people's uh, hearts and souls right now. But I, 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 Robert, you know I love public policy, and you know that I I uh, I feel very strongly about the future of Indiana, and I want to play a part in. That was a definite, I'm not telling you anything right now. Yes, and that is absolutely (laughs) the way it should be done. Jim Merritt, thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. E. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Good morning. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show Feliz on 93 Navidad. WIBC. Rob, you've got something that you wanted to share. 
So I'm going to need you and Kevin mm-hmm. to weigh in on this yeah. because I don't know whether we consider this an act of kindness mm-hmm. or an act of Buffalo Bill. I will be ignored. I will not be ignored, Dan. Type mm-hmm. of nature. It so puts I'm going to lotion I'll, on it. Well, I don't know, and maybe there is some gray area between act of immense kindness mm-hmm. and boiling rabbit on the stove type of thing. So okay. I, you are the people you of reason. Determine. Yeah. So those are, those are pretty extreme. So I got a card in the mail mm-hmm. the other day. Yeah. And I've told you people this for years and years and years. And I learned this as an elected official because I used to get stuff sent to my home anonymously all the time because when you're an elected official, your address is public record. Mm-hmm. I do not open the mail unless I know who it came from. Like if it's from, you know, whatever, a bank mm-hmm. or, a, you know, the heating company or whatever, I will open it. Or if it's a card from someone, I recognize the return address or mm-hmm. I know that person. Like Nigel's family sent me a Christmas card. I open that. Yeah. I know who Nigel is. Yeah. Whether it is here, whether it is at, whether it is at my house. I do not open the mail. Yeah, when it's here, you make me do it. Yeah, or or Kevin, which right. we'll get to that in a second. And so I got a Christmas card, and so I'm looking at, you know, it shows up, it's nicely written, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at who the return address is, mm-hmm. and I recognize that it is a listener mm-hmm. of this program. Yeah. And we're gonna na- not going to name who it is, mm-hmm. but it's not a person I've ever met in person. Okay. The other caveat to this, and I am friends with my mailman. I've known my mailman for years and years and years. Justin is one of the best mailmen in the entire world. And so he knows I get stuff all the time that is sent to wrong addresses, but he recognizes if my name is on it, it goes to this house and address. That's what a a good mailman does. The address this person sent the card to Mm -hmm. was at an address I have not lived in, in or at since 2008. Oh, so a while. So had Justin, the greatest mailman in the entire world, not known Rob lives here, Uh I would have never got it to begin with. Okay. So we have a listener of the program Mm -hmm. who I've never met in person, Mm -hmm. who knows our address here at WIBC if you wanted to send a card Mm -hmm. to, which we get, we used to, you know, we get them sometimes, Mock used to get them all the time. 40 Monument Circle is the WIBC address. If you send it to 40 Monument Circle, they will get it to us. I will not open it, but we it will come to us. <laughs> they sent it to what they perceive to be my home address mm-hmm. that I have not lived at since 2008. Okay. And when were you an elected official? 2000. Uh, I was elected in 11, so I served 12 to 15. So that was before your uh, address was. Yes, way before. Yes, no. There's. There. I don't even know. I didn't even know there was anything that still tied me to this address. I mean, I paid my rent on time. I left in good standing with the landlord. Mm -hmm. There were no like lawsuits (laughs) filed against me at this uh, at this address. I, I, I have no idea what's going on here, and. So where are we? Let's. This is the first part of the equation. Where are we at on this? Is this an act of kindness and generosity that I should say that was very nice, mm-hmm. or is this a Buffalo Bill, uh, <laughs> I will not be ignored, Dan type of moment? Casey, go. It's an act of kindness, is what it is. Someone, can I read what the card says? Make the case. Yes, go. Okay. May peace be our gift. Uh huh. This Christmas season and our treasure throughout the year with warm wishes for a Merry Christmas and a bright, happy new year. Yeah. And it's signed your friend. 
Now, in fairness, yeah. the, the message is great. Yes, I absolutely yes. agree. However, if we're going to go by people doing things during messaging, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Corleone was at a baptism when he took out Mo Green and the rest of the, the <laughs> rival crew. So the words don't, I'm not necessarily sold just on the word. And it was it was signed your friend. Right. They, they are not your friend. Well, that's true. I mean, I feel like our audience is our family, but not in the sense like you would be at my house mm-hmm. yeah. for Christmas type of family. And, okay, there's two things to this. One, I have no idea where this person even found this address. Like, there's 93 addresses that are not my address anymore that you, you could readily mm-hmm. attempt to send something to and go, Rob Kendall was at this address <laughs> within the... Since... <laughs> Bush was president when I last lived at this house. That's how long ago this was. Someone, yeah. someone has some Google skills. That's all. They're not good Google skills. Well, you know. I think okay. it's creepy. But again, so this is the point, right? There is a place of business. This is our place of business, mm-hmm. right? Again, if it's Nigel or family friends or whatever sending me a card to my house, okay. Mm-hmm. But we have, while it, I consider them our family, it really is, this is a business, a place of business. We are doing business. Okay. It, it is a place of business, but this isn't some place that you take your taxes to get done to. This isn't a place of business that's going to change the oil of your car. Our business is to connect with people. And we ask that we be part of their lives. Uh-huh. And they allow that. So... This person thinks they have a relationship with you, and and they do. You are part of this person's life every single day. So to them, you are. It's it's not just a normal business, okay? And there is nothing sinister going on with this Christmas greeting. I didn't say there was anything sinister. You are fired up about this. You, you, wait, wait, time out. You are more fired up about this than the crime scene you walk past and let's sit there for 12 hours outside of your house. I, I just think that this Somebody's person, life might have been saved if you'd have been this passionate about calling 911 when you saw a car that had clearly been broken into. Now, is it is it a little different that they sent it to an old home address rather than here at the radio station? Yeah, okay, maybe... They just wanted to make more of a personal connection with you because you clearly are making a personal connection with them. Kevin, she she is like, I'm the bad. So once again, I'm the bad guy in this equation. I think it's nice. Somebody was thinking of you during the holidays and they just wanted to reach out. I I don't think it. Hey, you're a positive influence. Kevin. I don't think uh, it's wrong. Like, obviously, you know, it, it. they're a part of the audience. Yes. You want to have that connection with them. The audience uh, comes to 40 Mon- Monument Circle for any correspondence. But it sounds like you don't necessarily want to know them personal, or like you don't want to be too personal with them. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. The point is like- the, And it we, is a we, pretty innocent thing, I guess, but yeah. who knows uh, what the next- uh, Well, like there's a get. locket of hair inside or anything. Well, but that the, could be next. But there, <laughs> there have to be boundaries, right? That's where it is. Right? There have to be boundaries yeah. mm-hmm. of, I'm not concerned that this person, like I used to get- anonymous letters when I was an elected person in my home that would have profanity on them. Mm -hmm. I used to hang them up in my room. I once had a large collection of various anonymous hate mail that was sent to my house, some of it framed. So that doesn't bother me. I'm just wondering, and I had Kevin, so I brought it to work, Mm -hmm. and I had Kevin open the letter, which he dutifully Mm -hmm. did, Mm -hmm. and... um, And nothing happened to him. 
Well, there was one thing. There was a. Uh, Did you get a paper cut? There was a picture of Rob eating lunch at the Applebee's. It was taken from the parking lot. Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah, he was no. enjoying his uh, whatever the special is that he gets. So here's the thing, though, Rob. This person yeah. had their return address. They did. On the letter. They so did. they're not trying to do it anonymous. Well, it's but- not like sign your friend without a name. I mean, you know exactly who it's from. Uh huh. It's a Christmas card. Sure. The, I'm sure Ted Bundy sent out Christmas cards as well that had a return address on them. The part that's most <laughs> disappointing for me is what makes you so special? Well, why, didn't Ke- why didn't Kevin and I get Christmas this is cards? The oh, yeah, other that was point. the other funny thing. It was just addressed to Rob. I mean, this what is, are we, chop liver? This is the other point. The show is not my show. It is the Kendall and Casey show. <laughs> and if we were on NBC, it would be the Kevin and Casey show with special appearances by Kevin McNamara. Mm-hmm. Kevin is a vital part of the show. You are obviously a vital part of this show. And I feel guilty that I even got a Christmas card without your names on it. Well, we can change that. You we'll just, just write, write our names on there. Different colored ink. Hey, this person just wants you to know that they find you to be special. That the, and I'm highly appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. So don't read any more into it than that. They're they're just sending you a Christmas greeting. And Mark and uh, Victor in the YouTube chat is right. Mark Harmon was the best Ted Bundy <laughs> in the made-for-television movie. <laughs> Absolutely, hands down, not even close. So, I think what you should do: send them a note back and say thanks. Next time, send it to the station. <laughs> I won't be as freaked out. Yeah. Does it ever get old being that? Kind all the time. Yes. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.